Hello folks and welcome back to Shield Bash. I am Mark, your GM and host for today. And to my right is a vacant chair that normally would have tooth in it, but he's under the weather today. So we're going to go to... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Neil. I'm here. I'm playing excavator number one. <laughs> and I'm Will playing Uko. And Pete playing that. Curtis playing Donk. And your favorite sweaty looking dwarf, Balmy Taker, played by Brit. So how is everybody? Oh yeah. It's been a little bit a little minute since we've all been here. Yep. I'm tired. Not as tired as Pete, but I'm tired. Right. I'm I'm tireder than Will, but not as tired as Pete. So I'm tired too. And and Kurt, where do you fit in this tired hierarchy? Tired of the bullshit. Fuck out. I, I woke up at nine o'clock, I had a great breakfast, and I came out here and set up the studio and now you're ready for a nap, aren't you? Oh, I'm good to go. Man. Oh, all right. Yeah, I got here about eleven thirty and the <laughs> studio was already set up. I'm like oh, Hell yeah. Hey, how about that? I saw a Facebook thing as I pulled on his drive that said something about someone's birthday, and I'm like, fuck, he didn't forget his wife's birthday, did he? Oh, oh. (laughs) Are you kidding, dude? I married Irish. I'd be dead. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think everything would have been set up if that happened. You've been looking for a new place to play. (laughs) Well, what with a fire, it's hard to sit in here. (laughs) Yeah. All I'm saying is duck and cover. She's got good aim. (laughs) So, how about you, Britt? You seem seem rested and perky. Eh, I do a good act, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do. You know, what was it, three weekends ago that you and Neil came down? Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Neil and, uh, and Britt came down to my place uh, down in southern Illinois, and uh, we have a restaurant and bar over there called the Canton Inn and the Blue Note Lounge. And... Uh, our, uh, our favorite bartender there and um, co-owner, head cook and bottle washer, he does it all. His mom, Linda, owns a place. Shout out to Linda. Whoop. And, hey, uh, Linda. And to Andrew, Andrew McDowell. Um, he is our favorite bartender over there, uh, bourbon steward. And, and he is a D&D player himself. <gasps> so we all went down to celebrate Andrew's uh, big 4-0. Surprise party. Yep, surprise party. He uh, came into work, didn't know what we were doing all, and... Uh, he was rather embarrassed because he's uh, he's kind of kind of shy about that kind of stuff, but uh, we plied him with alcohol and good music, and then we stayed and closed the bar. Oh yeah! And then we had the after party at the bar, <laughs> and then Linda's like, "Hey, y'all come over to the house. We're gonna have the after after party at the house." <laughs> and then we went back to my house after that and sat there until the sun came up. Um, uh, pretty much, yeah. Talking and drinking bourbon, at least. Well, at least Britt and I were drinking <laughs> bourbon because Neil was a dummy and took his pills early because uh, he yeah. didn't know we were going to keep drinking, and he was kind of kind of felt left out. And I think he kicked the floor a couple times. And uh, gosh darn it, guy, what's he doing? <laughs> I stepped out at one point, and hey, guys, it's getting kind of light out there. Um, <laughs> maybe we should go to sleep. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> sure enough, sure enough, the the. Pre uh, pre dawn twilight was coming over the over the over the the uh, the forest in the backyard there by the pond and we're like fuck we gotta go to sleep because it was like six o'clock in the morning. Yep. Yep. So we yeah, hadn't done that for a while, but good times, uh, good food, good people. Had a had a blast. Had a blast. Yeah, buddy. I really like the band. They they did all these crazy mashups. Oh yeah, yeah. Drew and the Soul Rangers. Shout out to them. Whoop whoop. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, 
We got to meet Chumley. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brent Chumley. Shout out to Brent Chumley, uh, art by Brent Chumley. He is a fantasy artist. Uh, he's done work for Catalyst Games. Uh, he did the original uh, Blackmore uh, map for Dave Arneson back in the day. Um, you can see him at, uh, well, coming up at Dragon Con. Uh, he'll be there selling all his artwork, play mats for Magic the Gathering, uh, prints, posters, you name it, he's got it. Um, good dude. He's also a gamer, has been a gamer for years. Um, so, yeah, we uh, it was kind of weird, man. We've got so many people that we have so many different uh, little avenues to, to you know, kind of kind of meet up and gel, you know. You know, drinking, gaming, gaming and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need anything beyond that? Gaming, drinking, it seems yeah. like it takes care of most of the needs. Some yeah. don't even need half of it, you know. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, good times. What's Will been up to? I'd say about five, six. Five, six, yeah. I agree with that assessment. <laughs> A little bit taller usually, but yeah, about five, six now. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're four foot nothing, everyone looks tall. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, not much. Just uh, working a lot. and Four-letter word, man. This is the first weekend that I've had a, a day off uh, that I wasn't completely planned out, so that was nice. And, you know, I mowed my lawn. As one does. Yeah. I found if you wait long enough, someone else will randomly show up and mow it. In Champaign-Urbana, they... Um, they charge you for that. They, they just get issue a citation over there, I think. Yeah. No, they send somebody <laughs> to your house to mow your lawn. <laughs> then they issue a citation. <laughs> then they send you the bill for the mowing. So how much are we talking for the mowing bill and the citation? Buddy of mine actually had that happen. The <laughs> citation's only like 30 bucks, but the mowing's usually like 120-something. Damn! Okay, but how often do they come by? I mean, it's like, is it like, does it take a month? Does it take us? We might be money ahead I, here. I, I think it depends. Say, if it's like once no. a month, then it's probably cheaper than the fuel cost. <laughs> That's what I was going to say with the gas prices nowadays. I think it depends on how fast your yard grows. Like, I didn't mow my lawn for like four weeks in a row because <laughs> there was no rain, so I didn't really have to worry about it. Although it was a little, uh, I mowed it right before we went to. Wisconsin this last time to PhoenixCon. PhoenixCon. Whoop, whoop. And then I came back, had COVID, and didn't mow that week. <laughs> uh, I think I let it go for another, like, three or four days and then mowed it finally. And, uh, no, nobody, nobody said anything. I'm still lucky enough to have children living at home, and so I have minions that do Oh, you have a lawn boy. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's good. I'm thinking that might be the the thing that makes me have children. <laughs> Mow the lawn. Yeah, the, the first huh? the first six or seven years is kind of rocky, you know. But once you get them going, about seven, they can usually start. You know, <laughs> you, you start them about five, holding on to the mower with you. You know, if you had a rider, it's a little sooner, depending on their you know motor skills. But yeah, it's nice. Come home, yards all mowed. You're like, thanks, Bryce. Good job, buddy. I keep telling G he's going to have to start pulling his weight. All he does is lay around the house. Well, what do you want? He's a dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you got a little harness, you know, <laughs> and, and turn the mower backwards, maybe, and hooked him up. If I took the <laughs> if I took the handlebars off the mower and put a harness on him, he'd run fast enough that he'd have that thing done in minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
you'd have a lot of blank spots where he missed because he'd be all over. It'll be creative mode. It's an artistic expression. Will creates art with his dog on his lawn. (laughs) Alternatively, you can get yourself a goat pet and just let it eat the yard for you. Yeah, all you have to do is keep moving the steak. You know, it'll it'll make perfect circles. (laughs) That's where those crop circles came from. You're not fooling anybody. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Actually, if you got if you got a sheep, then you could have wool and get your yard mode. Ooh. I know a person for that that would cheer him too. I was gonna say sheep are uh, pretty high maintenance though, aren't they? I have no idea. I don't think so. Depends on what what you mean by high maintenance. Right. I get mean, a llama. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Llamas are great. No. Not unless they're push me pull use like Dr. Seuss had. Whatever I, I get has to be <laughs> short enough that nobody can see it from the road. Oh. And definitely a sheep a sheep or a goat. A pygmy yeah. goat. Not Dilly. one of those screaming fading with a And with the police knock on my door. Is there somebody screaming in your backyard? No. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> then you're like, yeah, totally, dude. It's like my uh, primal scream therapy. My my therapist said that I should go out every day and just like let it all out, man. I don't have a man bun. I'm not gonna be able to pull that off. You know what? You could get a fake man bun, but with, with the bangs you've got going on, just put a fake man bun up there, a little bobby pin. Nobody would know the difference. Get a get a uh, just get a, a loofah and spray paint it kind of sort of brownish. No, there you go. Just Leave cover it like uh, covered up blue with a beanie. Or purple or whatever and then they say something and it's, I just dyed it. I'm sorry, are you judging me? Covered up with a beanie. That's right. Like, what, what are you what? saying yeah. about my affectation? Huh? You can't do that. <laughs> You're harshing my mellow, bro. That's right. Jackbooted <laughs> thug. Be gone, tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in Champaign-Urbana, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I've seen a guy get his window broken out. <laughs> in the parking lot because he wasn't wanting to get out of the car. If the guy's got a badge, you should probably just go ahead and comply. Yeah. It usually works better that way. (laughs) So anyhow, Pete heard you were on a marathon job session, man. Yeah, it's been a rough week, and upcoming week probably going to be about the same. Pretty much till my company shuts its doors permanently. Which by the time this airs should have already happened. So no harm, no foul. Pretty much. Uh-huh. Just like last. <laughs> yes. It can't hurt me after the company closes, right? Right. <laughs> last night I was there for five minutes and uh, a nurse called me from an ER asking if we could take a transfer. I'm like, nope. And the nurse is a traveling nurse, not even an employee of the hospital. And it's like, you're the ambulance service for the area. Why won't you take my transfer to Springfield? Because I don't have the staffing. You find 38 people that I can put on cars, I'll be more than happy to take your friggin' transfer. <laughs> Until then, the company you're currently working for can shove off. Call someone who cares. Damn. I can't help you, and nobody else wants to. Here's a quarter. I know a guy that works at a charter bus company. No. I could maybe connect you with him. You guys could. That'd be a whole new revenue stream. Take lots of patients, you know? They can't afford it. Price of fuel. They could just. It wouldn't. We. Even with the old prices before we upped our prices twice for charters, Mm -hmm. they couldn't afford it. Mm -mm. Their healthcare 
<laughs> it's magic money. It just appears from nowhere. Yes, Obama said. <laughs> no, it doesn't appear from nowhere. They fucked it out of me. <laughs> to be fair, health insurance does appears. not pay as much on for as many transfers as people think. There's a lot of criteria you have to fall under, and just because you're at a hospital and they want to send you to an actual hospital instead of the band-aids, I mean the the hospital you're at. Um, <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean that you qualify for an ambulance and doesn't mean your insurance will pay a dime and i think that they should have to tell people that you know what i'm saying you would think before you know like because if if you're like an ambulatory type patient there's not anything seriously wrong with you but you're gonna have to go to another hospital to get like your procedure done or see a specialist or anything like that you know instead of you know them sending you by ambulance they should have to tell you hey look if you have somebody that will drive you, you're fine. Go straight to the hospital, and you won't have to pay, you know, buku bucks it for gets a ride or anything. So yeah. I know the laws about Medicare, Medicaid, and insurance stuff. I know the health insurance aspects of most things because it's part of my job. Um, the last time I was hospitalized, I was trying to avoid being hospitalized. I went to a different Band-Aid station that was local, <laughs> and... Uh, they decided I had to go to an actual hospital and get treated. They tried to talk me out of driving my, well, not driving myself, going with family, POV, because uh, they don't want the liability. Oh, Even though legally I have the right to go POV and my insurance would not have paid for the trip if I'd gone by ambulance. But they spent almost an hour and a half trying to convince me I had to go by ambulance. Uh, it gets even better. Uh person that I know uh, went and even asked them for his procedure and tests. Hey, is this covered by this insurance? He went to his insurance. Is this stuff covered? They said yes. The office said yes. They... The office is covered by the insurance. <laughs> Here's where they get you, though. Oh, yeah. They sent the tests to a lab. That lab is not covered by the insurance. Oh, that's dirty. Yeah. Naughty, he, naughty. he fought that for like a year and a half, and he told him, I'm not paying you, and if you don't pay this, I'm making sure that I never pay you again. <laughs> I currently carry two forms of health insurance just to cover my ass. Your ass isn't that big, Curry. You'll probably need one. <laughs> Welcome to legalized gambling, gentlemen. The house never loses. That's right. <laughs> Well, anyway, do you know who has the best health care? Uh, Pathfinders? Fucked! You <gasps> guys got the best health care because you've got Uko to heal all your boo-boos, and you carry health in a bottle. Yes, you do. And the last time we left our intrepid band of adventures was in the Gauntlet Keep, the ruins of the Gauntlet, the first floor. They had fought their way through midflits, mudraker magnets, and they had found a strange blocked room containing a giant red and black scorpion. Now, they also found that the walls surrounding this scorpion, there was a lot of boss reliefs on there. And so Nat had, had scampered up to the top uh, next to Uko, and they put their heads together and couldn't quite grasp what the depiction was of. But they did see the scorpion, and Uko thought it'd be a great idea to spit on it. So that's where we left our heroes last time. 
And, uh, and Uku, as you look down at the scorpion, uh, his little beady eyes look up at you, and, and he kind of he snaps his claws like he's, he's waiting for you to give him something, and you spit down at him, and the glob of spittle falls down right in front of him, because, of course, you can't hit him because you're horrible. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was a long spit, too, so probably, oh, at least 20 feet. Hats off to the next build. But, but he like, he's, like, watching it, and he, it hits and he looks at it, and he looks up at you, and his claws kind of drop dejectedly like, that. that's not what I wanted. And, and you think it's odd. It's like, it, like he was like excited for you to be there, and then, then now he's like he's had his hopes dashed. Can Bam. I attempt to sense motive about that? Sure. Give me a perception check. And, and show Donk in there to see what happens. I have faith in you, Uko. A uh, 14? I have faith in my grapple score. A 14. Um, well, you guys noticed before, um, and, uh, and and Donk, uh, when he was up there and looked at it, it didn't make any aggressive movements towards him, but it was like it was waiting for something. And and you think it was waiting for you to throw something down to it, but the spittle wasn't wasn't what it was wanting. Like, maybe it's waiting to be fed or something. This You're is somebody's sure. damn pet. Yeah, Uko says, uh, I think this is a pet. What do scorpions eat? Meat. More scorpions? If only we had some snakes. Or or pieces of maggot. <laughs> Actually, I think we do have pieces of maggot, don't we? <laughs> yeah, there's pieces of maggot all over the floor behind you there, because well, you guys just, like, let's try splattered them all over. Maybe we should throw a couple of bodies in there. If we feed that thing and we get around it later, it might not eat us. I think let's start off with what we got. Where's those corpses of those little fuckers at? Oh, they're they're all over there by that their stairway. There's like four or five of them over there, and then of course you left five of them back in the uh, in the, uh, the the throne room. Well, wait um, a minute, wait a minute. What if they were the ones feeding it? Maybe it's their pet. Yeah. Well, now it's gonna eat them. <laughs> they say most cats can't make it six hours with the dead owner without eating them. So <laughs> scorpions are probably worse. Throw them in. Well, all right. Tooth says, uh, well, uh, you guys have fun with that. Um, I'm going to try to get this stairwell open back here in the sinkhole. So he uh, he trudges off and... Uh, Farewell, dumbass. <laughs> you hear, a, you hear a, a clatter and a slide down to the bottom of the sinkhole, and then you hear a lot of grunting and occasional thump, boom, thump, as he's moving moving uh, bricks and... and uh, timbers and stuff like that out of the way and and you guys know from being in that room it's probably going to take you know him a good day and a half two days maybe to get there but uh, he says if you need something come get me Ugo says damn that's really going to cut into the health insurance premiums <laughs> by the way guys pay up per session <laughs> um, I think I'm good I just I just avoid getting hit so the, the scorpion's looking at you you're looking at the scorpion. Nat, you're, uh, you're taking notes and, and drawing out these strange symbols on the wall, this mossy skull. What else is everybody else doing? Uh, Bommy? Donk? Uko grabbed one of the maggot remnants and throw it to him. Uko so will help, help with that because he's already wet from the moat. All right, so you three go back down. Um, Nat, you're still up there drawing. Uh, boy, this thing, it smells even worse now that you've like cut it all open and it's of course you know threw up all over itself and 
and and great man won't you see know, it. It's friends. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Um, so you uh, you take the it's a good sized chunk. It's probably about oh, like half the size of a person. You know, you find a nice piece that the tooth didn't like totally demolish. You take it up to the top. You have a struggle getting it up to the top of the pile of of, of rubble and stuff, and you you kind of roll it down the other side. And the scorpion man, as soon as it gets like about ten foot from it, it like whop grabs grabs it with one of its pinchers, stabs it like two times with its stinger, and uh, then it just starts uh, starts chowing down. Hold still, it's hard to draw. <laughs> it doesn't seem to hear you. It just keeps it just keeps eating rather voraciously. All right, we got a winner. Now, you, you do notice uh, that there is another set of doors that aren't quite as uh, caved in by rubble um, directly behind the scorpion. And you also notice, uh, Nat, since you are observing uh, you know, very closely as you're, you're making your, uh, your notes and your drawings, that uh, there is also the same kind of uh, skull carvings on the doors behind the scorpion. Does uh, it seem like we could go around this building and find those doors? Or does it seem like those doors would go interior somewhere else? Um, well, I, I mean, guess I could look at this fancy map you have for us. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you weren't, if you weren't uh, metagaming, you could probably say, <laughs> well, you know, we might be able to go outside and find a way in the back of this, uh, this keep. Um, or, you know, there's a whole nother door that you haven't, uh, went into on, you know, directly to the, uh, the west of you that might lead through, um, or you could just, you know, try to keep feeding the scorpion and see if you could sneak around it. I mean, that might work. Hey guys, there's a, there's doors behind the scorpion. There's a door over here too. Go to where? To the west. Can't you see it? Well, he is on top of the. Uh, no, I guess the, not. The rubble. So yeah, he probably couldn't see. Over here. Okay. Um, I'll come on back down. We can try that door. And by we, I mean you two can open it, and I'll shoot in, and it comes out at you. Right. <laughs> like we do. I'll stand behind Uko. So, so you guys are gonna move to the uh, to the west. Um, to the adjacent room and we'll have uh, oh, not yeah that's you we'll have uh, Donk and, and Bommy will take the lead and Uko and Nat upon his trusty steed flee um, will follow them so you guys are at the next room and uh, you see a, a, a pretty stout wooden door and it appears to be stuck in its door frame I hate when that happens you sure could use tooth about now but you think you could probably bomb you, you could probably force it open yep just checking my gear out I'm not sure what I got uh, probably not much you, you think probably a good swift kick oh yeah would probably do it well, that I got. I can do that. So you need a roll of some sort. Yes, sir. As he gets ready to kick, I, athletics. I produce 
a crowbar from my backpack. Are you going to do it before he kicks or after he's already in motion? <laughs> well, I see the door and I'm rummaging through it trying to get it out before he actually like. kicks the door open. <laughs> and about the time his foot Boom. flies forward, you say, I have this. So 15 on the die, plus 7. And that's enough to uh, to not only unstick the door, but it kind of knocks it right off its <laughs> rotten hinges. And Donk kind of looks at the crowbar and goes, eh, puts it back in his thing. <laughs> So after you kick the, uh, the the door open, you see that the ceiling has collapsed in the southwest corner of this room, and the walls bear several shells. But upon closer inspection, the books and papers once kept here seem to have rotted to ruin long ago, as have the desk and the chair in the alcove um, to the northeast. It appears to have been an office at one time. Mm. Is there any papers or anything? Well, yes, I just said. There's papers and books. They seem to have rotted and into ruin a long time ago. Oh, so as they're not as, like... as a desk and a chair in the alcove to the northeast. The desk, while it looks like it's rotted off its feet, um, it, is, it is still uh, semi-intact. Uh, the, uh, the chair behind it, though, looks like someone has, has broken it. Uh, like maybe they sat in it or too heavy. Fucking Neil. So books and papers are like powder, though. I mean, they're not like... Yeah, some of them are like wet gunky because of, you know, uh, holes in the ceiling. Uh, other ones uh, just crumble at a touch. Um, it, this, this, this office has seen better days. But you do see uh, directly to the north uh, of where the desk and the chair were um, another uh, door. So does the desk have any drawers or anything? Why, it's funny you should ask that. Are you searching? I will, I will. Why don't you guys give me perception Come checks, on, let's you go. two searchers? Yuko will assist as well. Nat, I'll see shit. Nat will uh, keep an eye out for enemies to be coming around the corner when she comes and uh, prepare to shoot. Awesome. Coming around the corner. So, so, Uko, are you also looking uh, yes. the room over? Yes, got right. a 24. A 24 for Uko. I got a natural 20 for a total of 25. Damn. I got a 1 for a 10. Okay. Well, obviously, you were more concerned about who broke this chair. Yeah. And you were like, how totally. How did Tooth get in this room for the rest of us did? <laughs> His typical, fat ass broke this chair. It's a typical, typical dwarf. Now, this is really poor engineering. We it had really two is. great rolls. As you are fixated on the desk, Donk, um, you, uh, you start to pull out drawers and... Uh, you notice uh, right away that the drawers don't have the same volume as the desk. There's something there's something wrong here. And uh, quick as a wink, you push a little knot hole, and a hidden drawer pops out. Thunk. And uh, as it falls open, it reveals uh, several still looks like uh, intact bottles of three different potions. You're not sure what they are. But one of them does have a familiar red tint, but it looks a little different, more of a raspberry instead of a of a cherry hue. Well, I uh, I try to get to Uko's attention. Well, Uko, he was he was following around the the edges of the room, looking at those same kind of carvings that are still in this room too, and he he noticed one uh, did not have as much moss on it, and he touched it, and when he did. A secret door opened, and as it grinds open, he sees stairs going down into darkness. I found stairs. Wow. 
Hey. All right. Uh, yeah. Again, still trying to get his attention. Uko. 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 Uh, yeah. Get your ass over here. Look yes. at this. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, those are potions. Yeah, he shows you three vials. <laughs> I suppose I'll identify him. <laughs> All right. Do you have uh, craft alchemy or uh, arcana? Uh, I believe I have arcana. I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't have craft alchemy. I have crafting. Well, if you have crafting alchemy, you could just, you know. I do not. And them. actually, I, I'm not trained in arcana either. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Um, Nat, why don't you take a look at this? Those uh, look like potions. I agree. Glad I could help. How about a 12? Four. Arcana. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. No, wait. 14. A 14. With a 14, you take the uh, the kind of the, the raspberry-looking colored uh-huh. potion, the red raspberry one, and you said, uh, this here looks like a minor elixir of life. I'd bet my life on it. I bet he will. That sounds like me, yeah. Um, 21 for Nat. Oh, good job. Give with it a, 10 minutes. You're going to need to bet your life on it. <laughs> with a 21, uh, you recognize uh, the first uh, potion as a, lex- a lesser comprehension elixir. What does that do, Mr. GM? Well, we'll have to look that up, but I would say just from the name that it helps you understand languages. Probably. It's, it's like ginseng juice. Not sure how there would be a lesser or different version, but... And then whenever you're ready, the other potion would be a 23 oh, arcana. Well, this one, it's, it's, it's an uncommon potion. Um, and if you hadn't been studying uh, in the Dawnflower Library, you probably wouldn't even have known what this was. But this is called a skeptic's elixir. And this Ooh, this elixir... I'm skeptical. Yes. <laughs> this, this elixir actually sharpens your mind and allows you to see through lies, falsehood, and even magic trickery. It adds a bonus to your perception uh, score and checks to notice falsehoods, whether they've spoken lies or written deceit. And you gain this the same item bonus to all will saves. And the lesser type gives you a plus one, and it lasts for one minute. That's going to be important at some point. Interesting. Uh, the comprehension, lesser comprehension elixir is, in fact, about comprehend uh, languages. Uh, it's an action to activate it, and because it is a lesser, it is one minute duration. The others are higher duration. So, winner, winner, chicken dinner, donk for the win. But I think that his find is overshadowed by the set of stairs sitting in the darkness uh, by the secret secret door that Uko found. And you also have the door behind you as well, Uko, in the north wall. I think we should check this next room and see um, if it goes past the chamber with the scorpion. That seems... Yeah, that seems fair. Um, Bommy, Donk, after you. Um, are you guys going to close the secret door? Probably a good idea. Yeah, since we know how to open it, where it is. Okay, um, Uko, you uh, you touch the eye holes of the uh, the carving of the skull, and uh, the the door slowly grinds shut. All right, so you go to the door in the north. 
Um, again, this is a. This looks like a, you know, weathered interior door. Um, uh, Bommy, you check this one, and it doesn't appear to be uh, stuck like the other one does. Oh, good. So you think you can probably just open it right up? All right. You gonna you gonna check it? Check it. Check 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 one two. <laughs> Come on, Dink. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, you do a perception check on the door, and uh, yeah, it looks like a rusty uh, lock and knob setup. Um, it doesn't appear to be locked, and you don't discern any traps. All right, ready? Good to go. All right, three, two, one, go! And Bommy opens the door into a triangular room that might once have seemed comfortable. But after years of rain and exposure to the elements through uh, the two arrow slits in the northwestern wall, the room's uh, uh, divan, armoire, and tapestries have all fallen into decay. Anything appear interesting about the armoires, tapestries, thing, things you said? Armoire. Tapestry. Well, um, yes, uh, Nat. As you uh, as you look around the room, you notice the tapestry that used to hang from the from the wall um, to the uh, to the east in the northern part of the room. There, um, it looks like it covered something. Uh, perhaps that secret door. Well, I'll oh, be the one from the previous room. Yes. Okay. No, there's one right there that leads into the, a hallway. It appears like. Oh, it, it was covering a secret door, but now you can just kind of see past it. Yeah, because it's like discolored. Because one, the tapestry was hanging there for years. So the outline of the tapestry. I can't see it. He's colorblind. Colorblind. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, but Nat's not, right? No, no, Nat's yeah. not. He's just saying he can't see where it is on the on the map. Yeah, right, right there, sorry. Um, yeah, and, and since the um, the tapestry's rotted away and the weather's been in there, you can actually see the discoloration, and it's, it's a lot easier to pick out now uh, than it would have been if the tapestry had been covering it, of course. Um, is anyone searching the room? You betcha. Yep. yep. Well, give me some perception checks, fellas and lady. Um, Nat will point out the obvious secret door. I think that might go to over by the scorpion, maybe. I got a natural 20 for a 27 with Uko. Nice. Damn. Nice. 18 over here. 18 also. All right. Well, you guys... Uko's uh, on fire today. You guys are searching searching the armoire and stuff. Um, you don't really find anything in there, but... Um, looks like the remnants of some really nice ball gowns. Like, I mean, we're talking fancy velvet, lace, but unfortunately, like the armoire, um, rot and, and moths have, have destroyed <laughs> most, of the, uh, most of the contents. But, Uko, you, um, you get down and you're checking the divan for, like, loose change, and your hand actually goes right through the bottom of it, and you see a set of keys underneath. Hmm. I wonder what these are for. And uh, you pick the pick the the key ring up, and it's a rusted ring of keys. Um, it appears that um, rust has ruined six of the iron keys, but there are two bronze keys that are, while uh, green in color with verdigris, um, 
they are still uh, usable. Uko says, Donk, um, this might work on some doors if you have trouble picking them. You notice as you turn it over in your hand uh, that one is decorated with a lighthouse carving on the head. This one probably goes to the lighthouse. Uko will take a moment and see if there's any scraps of the garments that were rotting that is worth keeping and cut those out if he uh if um, he finds any uh, like for like what for what purpose like how big are you oh uh, just any literally any scraps um well i mean you could find like maybe stuff the size of a handkerchief that is probably moldy but still intact cleanable but uh this stuff is i mean it's it's the worst for wear gotcha <coughs> He'll take it anyway. Right on. So you guys have a Bandages, secret, huh? secret door um, to the uh, in the northeast corner that appears that it would lead to whatever's behind where the scorpion was at. Mm. <clears throat> but you haven't opened it yet. All right, let's go. Yep, right there in the corner. Perfect. So, Balmy, as you tap around, push and pull and all that stuff, you uh, you find a, a stone that uh, sticks out a little bit more than the rest of the, the wall, and you push it mm-hmm. and kind of pops open uh. and slides towards you. And strangely enough, you have absolutely no problem through the, like, there's like a, the width of the wall there, probably about maybe four and a half, five feet. Okay. And you see um, light coming from a gap in the wall directly across from the one that you're at. Okay. So the next room is well lit is my interpretation. Well, correct? it's 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 brighter than what you're in right now. Okay. Um but it seems like uh the reason why you could find uh that door so much easier than the other one is <laughs> it looks like there's uh maybe like a hand and a skeletal arm uh, kind of blocking it open. Okay, so it's the other side's not actually closed or anything, or well, yeah, it it looks just like the door you just came through, but this one is ajar, and that's where the light's coming coming from. And when he when he looks down, uh, he can see like like an arm, oh, okay. and so a hand, the, the, a skeletal hand and arm that's like stuck. They kept the door right. So closed. there's it's like a closet with two doors. Correct. Short hallway Correct. kind one, of scenario. One opens one opens like your way to the right. The other one opens okay. to the left. Now I'm with you. All right. Sorry, I was trying to be descriptive, and I didn't do a well enough job. <laughs> That's all right. D- does he see any scorpion uh, pincher marks on the arm that he can see? Well, it's pretty much just rags mm. and mm-hmm. bones. Mm-hmm. Like human-sized? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, oh, it definitely looks like it's a human-sized uh, hand and arm. Okay. Um, but actually, it's... It seems like maybe rats had been at that because when you look a little farther, um, you see more like more like flesh up around the the upper arm and shoulder hmm. that's in the other room, and then you're starting to get a smell of like death now that Putrescence. you got the, the door open. Nuko says, "See, that's what happens when you don't pay your premiums." <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, so. I'll go into the hallway, let's call it, and examine closely this uh, skeleton arm. So you guys are going to go ahead and push that, that door open and then go into the uh, the actual hallway? Okay. 
Is there a well? There's an arm stuck in the doorway, right? So yeah. There's so you a can slit. So you we can just can... push it open. Yeah, and it yeah. and it opens out, uh-huh. and uh, sure enough, you see a corpse uh, lying there on the floor. Um, is it? I guess it's not attached to the arm anymore, huh? No, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. It was like the door. Like either the guy tried to open the door, or the door was closing after he'd opened it, and he tried to get in there and he didn't make it and he, his arm stuck the door in the open position oof okay well that's exciting so as you open the door um, you see um, a fairly intact corpse except for where the the rats in the walls have chewed on on the arm mm-hmm. um, and uh, he, he has equipment on him looks like he's got uh, <gasps> he's got like a, a like a small, uh, not a backpack, but like a haversack. Um, he's got a purse. Um, it appears to have some kind of uh, uh, amulet around his uh, his neck. Um, he has a rapier, four daggers on his belt. And uh, now that you're, uh, you know, you have Nat coming in with a little bit of glowy light, you're seeing that um, on his other hand, it's kind of by his head, like he was trying to crawl forward. Right. Um, it's got a silver ring on it. That's a lot of gear for a dead guy. Yeah. Um, detect magic, I guess. Nobody's been in the room. You're uh, detecting magic? Yes, actually. Um, you see a glow come around the rapier. And uh, you notice that uh, his... Uh, his, his little haversack that he's got uh, that out of the top of it there's a glow uh, to like something inside there oh and then the amulet also glows open the haversack uh, you reach down to open the haversack you're probably going to have to go in the hallway to do that okay um, so who's going in the hallway <coughs> excuse me um, Nat will follow somebody into the hallway <laughs> I'm in are we all just moving to the hallway yep don't split the party. All right. Again. <laughs> so as you guys move into the hallway, I'll give you the description for where you're at. You're in a rather um, wide, grand-looking hallway uh, leading to double doors in the south. That's probably where the, uh, as you hear shifting around in there and stuff, you think that's probably where the scorpion's at. Um, you have the corpse at your feet. Uh, you see a set of stairs to the south uh, going up to the doors, and then it keeps getting uh, lower as you as you go to the north as you look north you see stained glass windows and uh, you look around and with uh, the glow of uh, of the the windows which is the light you were seeing and then now nat's uh, glow you see a large chapel type area and the air in this chapel feels colder and damper than anywhere else in the ruins you've been so far uh, condensed beads of uh, of water run down in rivulets across countless skulls carved into the stone all around the hallway and the chapel itself. Uh, At your feet is a moldering human corpse uh, slumped against the wall. His hand wedged into a crack uh, that was the door you came out of as he died. It looked like he was trying to either open it or get in before it closed. You see three short flights of stairs uh, leading upward to the chamber to the north where a semicircular dais supports an altar of white stone. Um, beyond the altar loomed four stained glass windows, each 20 feet tall, depicting four haunting scenes of ghosts rising from overgrown graveyards towards a strange four-pointed orange star 
above. Is uh, there a check that can be done to see if that means anything, or if it's just there? Why, yes. If you had a cult or religion, you could make checks. Hey, before we go too much further, uh, I want to make sure that the door behind us will still be able to be opened so that we don't get stuck in here. Okay, so, um, Donk, right now, the the corpse's arm would still, you know, if you guys let go of the door, are you going to hold the door? Are that's, you going to take a spike out? Or what, what are you going to do? That's in that door. What about the other one? There, I'm understanding there's two doors coming in. Yeah, um, so you're stopped at that door. I'm, I'm going to go back and make sure that door can be opened. Okay, um, yes, you uh, you can open it, but when you when you let go of it, it closes by itself. Um, if you want to prop it open, you could probably use a piece of the desk or an yeah, iron spike or something like let's that. Let's do that. Let's prop it open with a piece of something I found so that just, you know, we don't get locked So in. what I'm hearing is you're going to prop both of the doors open so that you guys have a, a, a way of egress out of here, yeah, right? exit. Yep. Okay, good, good uh, thinking. Um, so you guys are looking at this corpse. Um, the rapier is glowing. The, the, uh, the, the amulet on the chain around his... Uh, you know, kind of emaciated, bony, almost bony neck uh, glows, and there's a glow coming out of the haversack that Bommy opens, and you find a familiar uh, cherry red potion. You're pretty sure that's a minor healing potion. All Bommy. right. Um, also, um, you notice that he's got five gold pieces in there. Had five. Had five gold pieces. Um, you, uh, you also notice that that ring is probably worth about the same amount of money if you want to take it. And uh, as you as you bend down to get the amulet from around his neck, uh, you notice he's got a gold tooth right in the front. Nice. It's a rather large tooth. Might be worth money. Um, Uko got a 20 for the, the murals. And I've got arcane knowledge things for this stuff on him when you're ready. Okay. Did you do a religion or occultism check? I'm not trained. You're not trained. And you only got a 20? Yeah, I got a 20 religion. Yeah. Again, Uko, you think if... It's it's like you can almost grasp what the depictions are of, um, but you, you just you just can't either can't remember or maybe something is blocking, blocking it out of your mind. Um... But uh, you think that if uh, if Nat was to uh, you know take drawings of the symbolism um, and stuff, maybe like you're pretty sure that Ren could tell you uh, what they were, or the lady uh, you know Vandy Balderdash in the temple. Nat's pretty sure that she would know uh, what that is. But you you get a feeling of uh, discontent, um, uh, foreboding. Uh, you know that's not a nice scene. You know, you, you get that feeling. Um, should probably break the windows. No, don't break the windows. So, uh, Nat, would you take drawings of this when you get a moment? Oh, certainly. Be be my pleasure to. So, so you guys, uh, you took the you took the the ring, you took the potion, you took the gold coins. Are you taking the tooth there, Bonnie? No, but aren't we taking the rapier too? And an amulet. The yeah, amulet. The amulet. Well, that's the plan, but okay. I mean, they could be cursed and we touch them and it explodes. Could be. We don't know yet. Could be. So, 
Nat, you're uh, you're doing your Arcana thing. Okay, uh, what did you roll? The first one is a 15, one five. Okay, um, that is good enough for you to know that this is a channel protection amulet. And That's when you, fancy. When you show it to Uko, he, uh, you know, being a religious background, he says, yep, I, I think you're right. And give me a roll for the rapier. Yeah, that's a whopping 11. <clears throat> um, again, you're not really sure what it does or what it is, but you do notice that while the rest of him is pretty much decomposed, um, that this rapier looks like it's brand new. I got a 17. You have Arcana? Not trained, but... Oh, well... So here's what Donk does. Donk... Donk looks at the rapier. He takes his dog slicer. He puts it down next to it. Pulls the rapier out of the out of the sheath a little bit. He's like, "Ah, hey, this looks like my dog slicer. It's probably magic." Snip so it, lick it. <laughs> so so Donk thinks it might be magic. Yeah, whack the corpse with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you hear a, like a kind of a, <laughs> and now the smell is worse. Goblins are As the body explodes. Yeah, it didn't explode. Didn't explode. Um, there was a third magical item, right? Uh, that was he. He identified that as a minor healing potion. Oh, okay. The yeah, he knew what that was from the color. The channel protection amulet is a nugget of polished tech, tech tight, trapped in a cage of barbed wire, uh, braided wire, and uh, hung from a silken cord. Uh, while wearing it, you gain five resistance against damage from harm spells if you are living, or heal spells if you are undead. Nice. So which one of us uses a rapier? You. You, you can. Bommy could. Technically, I could, but I'm not going to. Uh, and I could, but if I was going to, then things have gone really south. That's pretty much where I'm at. If I'm not at range, then we have a problem. I don't see where... We take it back to town and sell it. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold on to it. I, yeah. don't, I don't see where it would be better for me than my dog slicers. Yeah, you can... Remember, I mean, you can well. you can sell it outright. Um, you could take it to uh, Karmarajani or to Morblint or even the temple, and they would be able to transcribe the rune off of it onto a runestone. And, and that only costs you a third of the cost of an actual rune to put on a weapon. Yeah. yeah. It may benefit you in the um, damage die and the deadly die. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, ultimately it won't matter because you can just take the ruins off of it. Yeah, plus one rapier will give you um, a 1d8 deadly die. Yeah, and I'm attack. also small, so it's probably... Doesn't matter. In second edition, that's not as big of an issue as it is in first edition. Correct. Large, small, tiny. We all use the same size weapon, baby. Huh. Just change the grip. Huh. Yeah, you got to double fist it. So you guys are, uh, <laughs> so you guys are, um, you know, searching this corpse and stuff. Um, Bommy, as you look around, you don't notice uh, any kind of markings um, that would uh, show that he was members of the local bartender's guild. Oh. So this guy's probably a freelance bartender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you're you're not sure he's been here a while looks like hmm no other identification no wallet on him no nope. yeah you already, <laughs> you already took the gold coins uh, that were in that All right. and uh, and no you you don't you don't 
You don't notice this guy. I never, never heard a guy that come through town with a gold tooth in the front like that. Pop his tooth out. I going to say, does it look like it would fit tooth? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's a human. He's not an orc. Uh, I going to say, because then we can start calling him teeth. <laughs> teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at the north end, you have this uh, kind of, it's kind of odd. I mean, you have foreboding pictures, uh, ghosts, graveyards, uh, spirits rising stuff. But you have this altar that looks like pristine snow white marble with gold veins running through it wait 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 so the altar was the ghost scene thing or was no, that no, the, that the was ghost that was the bar relief on the wall right that was you have you have the the skulls uh-huh. all around oh that's the bob relief the edges the bob the bob relief okay all around there um the pictures on your uh your stained glass mm-hmm. um that is 20 feet tall. They depict four haunting scenes of ghost rising from okay, an overgrown that was the ghost graveyard okay. toward a, a four-pointed orange star high above. Oh, um, all right. Now, the bas-reliefs are, are similar depictions? or Oh, yeah. The, ba- the bas-reliefs, it, this is like a theme you've seen in these, in these uh, chambers where the scorpion was, the first office, the, uh-huh. uh, the little, like... Uh, you know, bedroom or like you know, ready, uh, ready, uh, rectory office like, and uh-huh. then this this appears to be like uh, the hallway down to or up to the chapel at the end. All right. So uh, could could I possibly roll a religion check just to get a sense of uh, the alignment that this? Are you trained? I am. Well, if you're trained, then all right. by all means. All right. Well, there's a natty twenty right there. Damn. I didn't know you could do that, Britt. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Neil's that's not a here. Total of twenty. Oh, that's what it is. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Uh-huh. Bommy, I don't know where this this uh, this moment of insight came from for you. Um, you. You've never astounded your friends, your new compatriots. It's his redneck ingenuity. With being a, <laughs> with being a, a you know a, a churchy type of guy or anybody that would even know things about religion. Mm-hmm. But you look at you look at those bas reliefs. You look at that altar, and something about the graveyard scenes and that star, it shakes you. The four-pointed star. The four-pointed orange star high above Uh in the the sky, and you feel like there's eyes looking out of that star right into your soul. (gasps) And you start to to go, and that's what we'll find out next time. (laughs) On Shield Bash. <laughs> Balmy Taker used to date this girl named Angel Skinner. She was a goth chick. Kind of. <laughs> she told me all about all the different religions around here. Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and the Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at shieldbash.net, on Facebook at shieldbash.net, on Twitter at Bash Shield and on YouTube at Shield Bash. Bumper music provided by Lee Rosevere. Other artists can be found in the episode description. Troubles in Otari, Abomination Vaults, Serpent Skull, and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com. 
Shield Bash podcast is owned by Shield Bash LLC.